Welcome to the Salem Fields Community Church Podcast of the Weekly Message. We hope that you find this podcast personally helpful, and we also encourage you to share the subscription link found at salemfields.com podcast with your friends that might be able to use some practical advice and encouragement. Welcome to church today. I guess you're the only ones that are not at the beach today. I guess y'all live a boring life like me. <laughs> Stay in town. I went on my annual family father-son, grandson, friend fishing trip last year, and I decided, or last week, and it's our 30 years in a row, something like that, and I decided if we ever need rain, I'm going to go fishing, because it seems like every year I go fishing, it rains, and uh, we do that once a year, but I'm glad you're here today. You know, I was thinking I was going to say happy Memorial Day, but I'm not sure happy is the right word to describe Memorial Day. I don't know. Maybe have a reflective Memorial Day or a peaceful uh, Memorial Day, because you know, as you I thought about last night as I was looking at Facebook, a lot of people went down to the, um, the um, Fredericksburg Cemetery and the illumination of the, of the graves, and I thought, wow, you know, someone wrote about we don't give much thought to that until we're there, and, and um, I began to think about people that laid down their life for us, man, so that we could be here today, and uh, that's an awesome um, thought, and I appreciate those that did and those that are still uh, doing that, serving our country. So have a good day, and when you're frying those burgers or grilling them or whatever, the steaks, uh, don't forget uh, that we have this time off from work and opportunity to be with family because someone else sacrificed uh, for us to be able to do that. Well, we are going to uh, kind of take an abbreviation from a sermon, uh, from a series. God kind of laid this message on my heart and changed it a few times, and, and uh, so I'm going to talk about how to have a loving church today. Next week, we start... Uh, we start with our new series, um, People's Choice, and we'll be looking at five different topics that you chose uh, that we'll be discussing. Uh, we've got a lot of topics, a lot that, uh, a lot that we could uh, speak on, and yet a lot that were the, kind of the same title, kind of the same theme, and we're gonna, we picked out five of the most popular ask, and uh, we're going to use those in, uh, for our series, and uh, some of them that... Uh, uh, we're not able to do, we'll be able to try to get to as we go along in our series in the coming year. Anyway, uh, today I'll just talk to you about a little story I read this week about a few years ago in a church in Abilene, Texas, bought a new sign. And uh, the message on the sign was changed each week. And uh, the purpose was to advertise the church and uh, to the thousands of people that would drive by the busy highway uh, every day, and a decision was made uh, uh, to allow the Sunday school classes to be responsible for the message on the sign uh, for one week. And the Bible class was the first, and their message was the church where visitors never feel like strangers. And the following week, the slogan was produced uh, by a young couple by the young couple's class, and it says, "Our church is incomplete; it needs you." The third week rolled around, the youth group got their, their uh, shot at it and, uh, for the message, and their advertisement became, became quickly the talk of that uh, Texas town uh, when it said, best little church house in Texas. <laughs> now, needless to say, the board stopped allowing people to put up the uh, advertisement uh, any longer. But you know, a, a sign out front doesn't tell a whole lot about the church. You know, rather the signs within the church building, uh, because the church is not this building, the church is you and I, people that uh, call ourselves Christ followers. Uh, we are the church, and the, the church actually was God's idea, and uh, he created it. And, and, and so the, the signs within the church building tell the real story about the church. The heart of a church is the people who gather there weekly, those who come together uh, to follow Christ and to grow in their relationship with Him. And, um, so if you attend Salem Fields Community Church, I just want to say to you this morning that you are the heartbeat of this place. You are the heart and soul of Salem Fields Community Church. Uh, you are the, uh, of the church. And uh, in, in my research this week, I found Satan's Beatitudes. Uh, they said that uh, if the devil were to write the Beatitudes, you know we all know about the Beatitudes in the book of Matthew, but these would be the Beatitudes as, uh, as the devil would write them. And they'd probably go something, something like this. Blessed are those Christians 
who, want, who wait to be asked except to be thanked. The devil says, I can really use them. The second one is, uh, blessed are the touchy. With a bit of luck, they may stop going to church. And the devil says, they are my missionaries. And then the next one is, blessed are the troublemakers. They shall be called my children. Boy, I don't want the devil to call me his child. Blessed are the complainers. I'm all ears to them. Blessed are those who are bored with the pastor's mannerisms and mistakes. Boy, I thinking about me there. Where they get nothing out of his sermons. Blessed are those, and I think, man, this is the only two days I work. I hope they get something out of it. Blessed are those who gossip, for they shall cause strife and divisions. And the devil says, that really pleases me. And then blessed are those who are easily offended, for they soon will get angry and quit. Blessed is he who professes to love God, but hates his brother and sister, for they shall be with me forever. Ooh. Blessed are you when you hear this and think it's about other people and not yourself. The devil says, I got you. You know, your biggest problem and my biggest problem are people. We have people problems. The biggest problems that we have in life is getting along with other people. You know, uh, there's a saying that I heard for years that goes like this. To dwell above with those you love, that will be glory. But to dwell below with those we know, that's another story. You see, every person in this place and every person in our world today is looking for a place to be loved. You know, we just want to be loved. And we try to find love in many times in all the wrong places. But we really want to be loved. Recent studies show that people are drawn to places that care, that people are draw, drawn to caring facilities. It's talking about how the churches that love each other Churches that love grow and they reach people. Now, the, the institutional report goes uh, about growing churches, says that our, uh, says churches are more loving to each other and, uh, and to guests than declining churches. In other words, growing churches, people that are reaching people for Christ, growing churches are more loving to each other than, and, and to guests than those churches that are in decline. Loving churches attract more people regardless of their theology, their denomination, or their location. And they surveyed them and gave them a quotient of 1 to 100. And of the 12 denominations scoring below 65, all of them except two were declining. They weren't growing. Of the 13 denominations scoring above 65, all of them were growing in the past 10 years. Now, typically, the study says, in analyzing reasons for growth in a church, uh, the focus in the past, how churches grew in the past, uh, was uh, based on such factors as pastoral leadership, attractiveness of the facilities, uh, casual atmosphere, uh, location, uh, liberal or conservative theology, and evangelical fervor. Now, but but there is increasing evidence that none of these influences a church growth any longer. Somewhat, uh, usually when uh, other church people come to a church, they maybe look for those things, but, but the, there's increasing evidence that none of these influences a church growth or decline as significantly as how much love and acceptance people experience when they attend. In other words, uh, that all the things that used to be important to people that were thinking or looking to go to church, they no longer matter. What matters most is do they feel loved and accepted at the place that they are, uh, are attending. And so our vision from the very beginning of time, the vision that we've had here at Salem Fields Community Church has always been to reach as many people as we can for Christ. Now, we've had, we've had different slogans and we've had different things. We've had forward by faith and jump, grow, soar. We've had this and that. Uh, but the reality is everything that we have ever wanted to accomplish as leaders in this church since we've been here is to reach as many people as we can for Christ. And one of the ways that we have fulfilled that vision here at Salem Fields and uh, is to create a church that people who have never been to church, you know, there are people out there today that have never been to church. We've had people here in the last couple of weeks that said that they've never been to church before. You know, it's hard, kind of hard to believe, but there are people that have never been to church before. And we want to we 
uh, a vision to create a church that people who have left the church, who said, you know what, the church is not relevant to me, the church is not a place that I want to be at, the church is an unfriendly place, and I want to have nothing to do with the church. And we've tried to create a place where people like that would feel welcome and, uh, and would come to love to attend, that they just love to be here. Now, things such as, we did things in the past, such as we had donuts and coffee. And, you know, we believe that's as important here at Salem Fields as anything else we do. I think if we took, that, took away the coffee and donuts, we'd have a uh, rebellion on our hands. Uh, you know, we took away the food on Saturday nights, and I don't know how that affected people, but I don't think they got into the cookies like they get into Krispy Kreme donuts. So you can feel assured that no matter what people say, we're going to keep the donuts. Because we want you to stay around for the donuts. I saw this little guy running, 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 running. I thought, oh my gosh, this child got out of child care this morning, uh, out of children's ministry. He came running. You know where he ran to? Donuts. That guy knew his priorities, and he wanted a donut. But anyway, we did donuts and coffee, casual dress. I remember when we started, we used to do two services. We'd do a service that was uh, casual and at 11 o'clock. I mean, we just, at 9 o'clock, we would put our suits and ties on, and we'd come in, and we'd do service with suit and ties on. We'd do a different message, and then at 11 o'clock, we'd change into our jeans and our casual clothes, and we'd have a service, and eventually uh, the 11 o'clock service grew, and we changed to all casual dress. We had, we've always tried to have awesome children's ministries and tried to preach relevant messages that were relevant to people. We've always had huge outreach events. I mean, we've done the biker Sundays, NASCAR Sundays. Uh, we've got all kinds of Sundays that we've celebrated, and we have huge outreach events, and so on and so on. But the truth of the matter is one of the most important factors in creating a church that people love to attend is how loving you and I are to people who come, how, loving we, how lovingly and accepting we are of each other, and how we love and accept the people that attend. We as Christians are the most important factor in whether we're going to reach people or not. You know, it's absolutely essential that if we're going to reach people in our community and thus fulfill the vision that we believe that God has given us for our church, we must be a love-filled community. It's love that reaches people. We know that. It's love that reaches people. You, have you ever tried to argue anybody into the kingdom of heaven? It's nearly impossible to argue people into the kingdom of heaven. You love them into the kingdom. You love them into a relationship with Jesus Christ. So how do you have a loving church? Now remember, as I said early, earlier, a loving church is, a, is you and I, the people. We are the church. And so maybe I'm saying how that we can become a more loving people, that we and thus become a more loving church. So how do you, how do you create a loving church? Three steps. Accept everybody. Number one, accept everybody. You have notes that you can follow along with if you'd like. Accept everybody. Have you ever been to a church that's filled with spiritual snobs? You know what I'm talking about? I hope this is not one of them <laughs> that you've attended. You know, <clears throat> we get it, you don't. You know, you don't dress like we dress. You don't talk like we talk. You don't do the things that we do. You don't hang out where we hang out. You don't smell like we smell. And therefore, you don't fit here. You know why people have a hard time accepting others? I, I believe they confuse acceptance with approval. That we, we confuse accepting people with giving people our approval. You know, there's a big difference between acceptance and approval. You can accept somebody without approving their lifestyle. You, you know, there's a lot of people out there in our world today that don't go to church because they feel like they won't be accepted because their lifestyle, their beliefs, and the way they do life is different than the way we do life. But a loving church understands that, that accepting someone and approving of someone's lifestyle is totally different. It's totally different than, than uh, uh, accepting or loving or accepting a person or giving some, a person approval for their lifestyle. You can accept somebody without approving their lifestyle. Uh, you know, that person may be doing something totally contrary to the Word of God. And I think we as believers have been so unaccepting and so critical of people 
who are living contrary to the Word of God that we've turned them off forever to the possibility of them coming to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal to them the things that God wants to do in their life. And, 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 and so, but, but we can't accept them as a person without approving of the sin they're involved in. Romans 15.7 says, accept one another. Now, it doesn't say uh, try to accept one another. It doesn't say give it your best shot to accept one another. The Bible says accept, hands down, accept one another just as Christ accepted you. Now, that's a start. That's the beginning of, being, of creating a loving church. That's the beginning of, creating, of becoming a more loving person is acceptance. There has to be, there can be no one-sided acceptance in the church of Jesus Christ. If we are Christians, the Bible commands us to accept one another and to live in harmony with one another. At one time, each of us, all of us were weak. I mean, when we were born-again believers and we came to the faith to know Jesus Christ, we were all weak. And many of us that are believers today that we consider ourselves strong believers, we're still weak in some areas. You know, I'm still weak in some areas of my life. There's things that I still have a difficult time overcoming in my life. And I have those places in my life. I'm sure you don't, but I do. And, 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 uh, and so uh, the deal here is that Christ is our model of what acceptance means. Christ is our model of what acceptance means. When we realize that Christ accepted us as unlovely and unloving and sinful and as immature as we were when we came to know him, then we will accept others. You see, I have no problem remembering how my life was in 1980. Easter Sunday, 1980, I came to know Jesus Christ. I have absolutely no problem remembering my past. I was a dirty, rotten, stinking sinner. I mean, you name it, I was jealous, I was envious, I was a liar, I was a cheater. I mean, and the preacher said to me, and I felt like he was preaching just to me, he said, you know what, God can forgive you of every sin that you have ever committed in your life, and he will accept you into the kingdom of God. And I said, wow, that's for me. And I'll never forget praying at that altar and feeling the release of those sins that I have committed and God forgiving me and accepting me, me, a loser, into the kingdom of God. Paul says, I was a chief of all sinners. And I got to say, I was right there with you, Paul as a chief of all sinners. And when I can remember, when I keep that in my mind, when I keep that in my mind that God accepted me and forgave me, I have no possible uh, difficult time accepting others who are new and weak in their faith and struggling in life. You see, the world, I believe, will set up and take notice when believers that come from different backgrounds Practice Christ-like acceptance. It's Salem Fields. Folks, it's, it's vitally important that we continue to, convo, uh, to cultivate an attitude of acceptance. That we can get better at this. We, we do a pretty good job at Salem Fields, but we need to continue to improve our attitude of acceptance. You know, I've said this many times in the past. It's been a long time since I've said it. It's been a long time since I've said a lot of things that I might just start saying again. But you know, at Salem Fields Community Church, it is a hospital for sinners, not a hotel for saints. And I got to tell you, if you're perfect, you're probably going to feel really uncomfortable here around all of these imperfect people that come to Salem Fields Community Church. At least I can tell you that Gay and I are imperfect people. We are not perfect. Uh, the staff is not perfect. We all make mistakes and we say and do dumb things. You know, I, but you know what? You're not perfect either. And this is a church where unperfect people are here to grow together and learn to know more about Jesus Christ and take this journey together. This is a church for people who don't have it all together. This is a church for people who mess up. This is a church for people who make dumb decisions. This is a church for people who make mistakes. This is a church where people that no matter what your background is, this is a church for you. You might be Catholic. 
You might be charismatic. You might be Jew. You might be Buddhist. You might be Baptist. You might be Presbyterian, Episcopalian, Lutheran, Assembly of God, Pentecostal, Evangelical Free, Nazarene, or you might be nothing. You might even be an atheist. But you're welcome in this place. You see, it doesn't matter where you've been. Folks, it doesn't matter. In God's eyes, where you've been, it doesn't matter to him how bad you've messed up, how many mistakes you've made in your life, how many dumb decisions you've done. It doesn't matter to God. It doesn't matter to God actually where you spent last night. What matters to God is where you're at right now. Seeking him and seeking a relationship with him or growing in a relationship that you have with Jesus Christ. You see, if you want to learn more about who Jesus is, if you want to grow more in your relationship with him or become more like him every day, welcome to church. Welcome to Salem Fields Community Church. You see, the next step in being a loving church not only is to accept people, but to appreciate everybody. You see, appreciation goes a little farther than acceptance. Philippians 2, 3, and 5 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Each of you should not look only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. In other words, I believe the Apostle Paul is saying, appreciate everybody. Appreciate everybody. If you find it hard, like, if you have a hard time liking somebody, then find something in that person that you can like about them, not just accept them. In other words, you say, well, I just got to accept that person for who they are and what they do. No, I'm saying to you, every person has something in their life that you can appreciate about them. Find something in that person that you can say to them, I appreciate that about you. I appreciate who you are in that area of your life. You know, you don't need to tell people what they do wrong or what you don't like about them. They probably already know what they do wrong. People don't have to tell me what I do wrong. I'm very well aware that the Holy Spirit lets me know just about on a daily basis something that I've done wrong, that I need to repent for that I need to ask God to forgive me for. Where I treat people the way they shouldn't be treated. I treat my family, or I treat one of you, or I treat a stranger in a way that I shouldn't be treat, treating people. And God reminds me of the things I've done wrong. I don't need someone else to do that for me. Try finding something that you like about them and what they're doing right. You know, I, I just dealt with a person just recently I, that, that told me that, that their spouse, they left their spouse, and they, they gave me the number one reason they left their spouse, because their spouse never told them anything they ever did right. All that person ever told them was what they did wrong. You know, and we do that to each other. We do that. We tell each other the things we do wrong. We don't spend nearly enough time telling people what they do right. We tell our spouse what they do wrong, what they do wrong. We tell our children what they do wrong. You know, we tell each other in the church, in the workplace, what we do wrong. What do you think the atmosphere would be in this place or in your home or in your workplace if we started telling people what they did right? What they did right. I mean, I think there are children that are living in our homes that just want to know something they did right. Or there may be a spouse that just needs to hear something that they're doing right in their life you know try finding something about them i know with some people it may require that you get a little creative in what you like about them you could be you know you can find out you like their taste in shoes you know or shirts you know hey i found me a new discount place rugged warehouse that's the real deal there they don't make the extra large quite as big as they used to, but I like them. <laughs> anyway, it may take you a little while, but you can find something you like about that person. Maybe you just need to value them because they are unique. You know, we're all a unique creation of God. What a boring church we would have if we were all alike. So let's learn to appreciate one another. Finally, let's affirm everybody. Affirm everybody. You know, give everybody a lift whenever you can. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it says, encourage one another and build each other up. Now, a loving church builds others up. Our culture tears people down, doesn't it? I mean, the world that you came from to come here today is 
excellent at tearing us down. But the church should be a place where people come to and they get a lift. And when they leave, their spirits are lifted and they're encouraged and they're built up and they feel good about themselves. You know, when people stumble, don't criticize, sympathize. Be an encourager, not a condemner. You know, you can encourage people by just giving them a smile. You know, I encourage myself and I look in the mirror and smile. I mean, I mean, when you look in the mirror and you see this ugly mug and you put a smile on, it helps it a whole lot. And so just smile. Try smiling. You might not realize this, but the greeters in our church are crucial and vital. If you want to be in a ministry that is crucial to this church, being a loving and accepting church, you need to sign up on your connection card today and say, I want to be a greeter. I want to be an usher. Because I got to tell you, they're as vital as what happens in here. Because study after study tells us that you only have one chance to make a lasting impression on someone's life. You know, people decide within 10 minutes whether they'll ever come back to that church or not. Within 10 minutes. And they don't even get to hear the music or the preaching or any of that. They have already decided many times before they ever step foot in this room uh, for the first time. And so we need to cover our building with people who love the Lord. And people who love the Lord show it in their face, you know. They don't need to see a sourpuss Christian. They need to see happy, smiling Christians. And we need to be, we need to be smiling and accepting and break down our little circles of conversation and open it up and, and welcome people into our circles, into our friendships, and into our little groups as we talk together after church. You know, we just need people who love the Lord and show it in their face and in their attitudes. Give a welcome handshake, a smile, and a good morning. You know, you may not know this about Salem Fields Community Church. We moved to Gordon Road in 1999. We moved here, and, and we built this building, and we moved in, and the first Sunday was 19, in 19, November of 1999, and for the, first, for the next several years, we grew about 250 to 300 people each year. And people were accepting Christ each and every week. As I think back on those days, for this guy right here, this person, me, this place was the safest, most accepting, affirming, loving, exciting place I had ever experienced in my life. I had never, I never thought church could ever be like church was at Salem Fields Community Church. I mean, it was, it was like, man. This is, why I, this is why I didn't go to church. Because I didn't go to a church like Salem Fields Community Church. People were so excited about what was God was doing. People would tell me all the time that this was the very first church that they ever attended in their whole life where they felt accepted, where they felt appreciated, where they felt affirmed, and ultimately sensed the love of people and the love of God. But after 30 years in ministry, and I've been in ministry 30 years as a layperson and as a pastor, I've learned that over time, churches tend to become more for those inside the church. That we, we after so long, I mean, it's just, you can just put it in the bank. It's going to happen. After a certain period of time, the church becomes more about who, more about us in the church than it is for those outside the church. That we, we begin to want church to be the way we want church to be, and we forget about people outside the church. And you know it's happening when people start focusing on what somebody is doing wrong or not, and not on what they're doing right. You know it's happening when you hear more complaining than you do complimenting, and you hear people start criticizing more than affirming. And before you know it, the church is not a loving place. Not as, a lo not, as a, not as loving a place as it once was. And the church goes into decline. So in closing, I want to say to the church that Gay and I love, and I love, and uh, we love this place. This is the church that we love. And we've given over 19 years of our lives in ministry to this place. We've given the best years of our life the best years of our ministry right here at Salem Fields Community Church.
And by the grace of God and his blessing on our life and with his favor, we intend to give it the best of what we have in the short time that we have left to minister. We don't have much time left to minister. But we plan to give what time we have left to this church. And all we have to offer you is our blood, sweat, and tears and our love for God and our love for you and love for people outside the church. We've made a lot of bad decisions over the years. We've made a lot of bad choices and mistakes over the years. Probably didn't have the best plan that we could have ever had. But I gotta tell you, God sure has used us. Gay and Jody and I came here in, in 1995. We interviewed in 1994, December of 94, and we came here in March of 1995. But I'll never forget that call to ministry, that call to come here to this church to interview to be the pastor. We were as broken as any family could possibly be. We were broken. All of our hopes and all of our dreams, everything that we ever thought about life just was crumbling all around us. All I could think about was every time my job that I worked for for 17 years heard that something was going wrong in my life, they'd call me up and they'd offer me my job back. And all I could think about was, man, I'm going back to that place. I couldn't wait to go back. And we got the call to interview here at, at uh, Heatherstone, at First Church of the Nazarene in Fredericksburg, as it was called back then. We were called to this church to interview, and I tried my best to get out of it. I called our district superintendent who helps churches locate pastors, and I told him I couldn't interview, that I was broken, and I messed up, and I wasn't worthy. Our family was a mess to be a pastor. And he gave me the most encouraging words. And I decided to come and interview Gay and I. And I remember walking into that board meeting scared to death because I've never had to interview for a job in my life. And I didn't know how this was going to be for sure. And I walked in and we were received by the most loving group of people I'd ever met in my whole life. And I'll never forget sitting in that little room. It was just a little room. I mean, we just had little rooms because we had a little building. It was a little room and had a glass and window in it. And we began to pour out to them all our heartaches and troubles. And I'll never forget, they began to share some things. You were there, Charlotte. And began to pour out some things that were going on in their life. And our board meeting turned into a prayer meeting. And we began to pray for one another. And began to share around that table together. And they voted for us to come unanimously. And the church had to vote. And I was still praying, God, you've still got time. They can say no. <laughs> and seriously, we were in West Virginia. And I'll never forget Mary Gunter. She was the church secretary. She called and said, buddy, you've got to vote on such and such and such. And I said, oh, okay, thank you. And it was a positive vote. And. And I'll never forget praying and saying, God, what are we to do? Because our family, and I was trying to be the spiritual leader of our family the best I could. And I was praying, God, show me your will. And he said, buddy, if you go to that church, I promise, I will bless y'all's ministry there. And I was afraid not to come, honestly, because I didn't want to come. And God promised, and he has certainly blessed our ministry. This was, they were the most loving accepting, appreciating group of people I'd ever experienced in my life. We came here on March 5th knowing we were loved, and because of that, we created, we've tried to create a church that loves people. And we've done our very best to create that kind of church. And God has used us in our brokenness. Since then, we've grown from a church of 65 people or so to nearly 2,000 people at one time, 2,000 people at one time. The results of the last census that revealed to us, I just looked at yesterday because I didn't want to embellish it. Sometimes the pastors are accused of embellishing things, and I didn't want to do that. And so I looked up the census again, and it revealed that over 11,000 people identified Salem Fields Community Church as their church in 2010. Can you imagine that? In 2010, 11,000 people. 
Praise the Lord. We've grown from a staff of Gay and I to a staff of 19 full-time, part-time staff and about 300 faithful volunteers. I don't know if that number's correct, but it's close as I can figure out in my mind. We've gone through, we've been through two major building projects. Thought we're going to kill us all. We started in a, we started in a little building on Heatherstone Drive. It had 4,000 square feet. Behind BJ's, that's where uh, Grace Church meets today. I don't know how they took that land, put so much on it, but they did it. They had about, we had about seven acres of land, and and we moved to a, a church with forty five thousand square, forty four thousand square foot building that's used by our community seven days a week. There's usually somebody using this building every day of the week. Last night during church in the cafe, there was a party being catered by Rubicon of people from our community using the church. They would use this building if we'd move out on Sundays. That people want to use it all the time. It's a great, great building. And we own 77 acres of land. We have a loving, vibrant daycare facility that serves nearly 200 kids daily, as well as ministering to the families of those children. And we have a staff of about 40 led by Pam. Pam Clark is doing an excellent job, who loves people, loves kids. Hopefully she loves me and loves gay. <laughs> we have a ministry center in Port Harcourt, Nigeria, and the most blessed days of my life or when I'm in Port Harcourt, Nigeria. I hate going, but every time I get there, I love that place. And I love riding down those streets, and there's streets of, I hate riding down them in a way, but I love when I'm riding down those streets, and they're filled with poverty, and people begging, and people living in the worst conditions you could possibly live in, crime, a lack of government help, a messed up city of millions of people. And right in the heart of that city, there's a banner that says Salem Fields Community Church Ministry Center, Port Harcourt, Nigeria, right there in the midst of all that, down a dirt road that you can't even hardly drive a car down with mud holes, and you get to a man's house who has a ministry center there, and he calls it Salem Fields Community Church. It's incorporated in Nigeria. Gosh, that excites me. It has two soccer teams. We were there in February, and those two soccer teams had brand-new yellow jerseys. It said Salem Fields across the front. That was the youth team. And that next morning, we went to a soccer field, and there's the adult team, and they have Salem Fields on the uniform. And every one of those kids and every one of those adults, they were street boys that were begging and now they know Jesus. They were involved in crime and alcohol and drugs. And they were begging and stealing and doing all the kinds of things. And now they're playing soccer and they're loving Jesus. It's incredible. We have an active ministry in Port Harcourt to children and adults. They meet in the pastor's home. Pastor James and Charity want so much for them to be able to come here. They can't get their visa. The children and adults, and many of them have found Jesus. Man, we were there in that home on our last night there, on a Monday night. No, it was a Sunday night. It was the night before we, we left on Monday night. And we were there, and, and the, the children came. And all their little shoes were lined up outside the house. And I went inside, and about 40 kids finally showed up, and they were all singing the books of the Bible. That song, I can't even sing it. I don't know the books of the Bible. I mean, to sing them in order. I kind of know, but I don't know, you know. I don't want you to think I'm dumb, but I couldn't sing the song is what I'm saying. Whoops, sorry. Sorry, Grace. Got a little spit there. Need your umbrella, Paul. Hey, I want you all to know this guy right here. This is called, this guy's Big Daddy. He can do anything. He can do anything. And anyway, to see them at the end of that, and they get their little cookie, and they go home happy, and they're out there with five-gallon buckets, and they're getting free water. Because we built a well there. And now they got these big buckets and they're carrying them on their head. I can't carry them and they're carrying them on their head. These little kids. And they're so excited and they're playing in the water because it's free. And the man down the street comes up the street and he breaks them up because he wants to sell them the water and they can't afford the water so they drink dirty water. But we're able to keep faucets on there and they can't, we, can, we keep up with the vandalism. And those kids get free water every day. I've seen them drink out of mud puddles. Now they're drinking out of clean water that you put that well there. We got another well at a school. I forgot to talk about the school. We got a school with 180 kids. 
right there in that little community with a well. We have, we have leaders who have trained countless other pastors. Gay and I went for seven years and we trained pastors and now they're training pastors all over Nigeria. We recently bought a 16-passenger van and we own about two acres of land. They, got, they call it hectares. We call it acres. And they have the footers dug for our ministry center building that we're trying desperately to build. We need a well there. We need $10,000 to put a well there so that people will begin to come to that property and know that it's a place. And they got it. they're just waiting to build it. They got the cinder blocks. And hopefully the next time we go, they're planning to have a big, not for us, but they're planning to have a big kind of thing with the community and invite them there for the cornerstone or whatever they call all that. And after we left, some thugs came in and threatened to cover up the footers and mess up the whole deal unless they paid them money because white men had been there and white men have money. They don't know about this white boy. <laughs> they, have, they do all this on, they do all this on $1,800 a month. We just gave them a raise for $250 or something like that. I don't know, around $2,000 a month now. They do all this. They have four or five paid staff. You know, we've sent people, countless people around the county, around the country, and around the world on short-term mission trips. We've given away to others this past year uh, less than normal, we, but we've given nearly $170,000 away to other people this year. Money that you've given, we've tried to faithfully give off of that. We did, we have. We've given 170000 And over the last 10 years, and this is way below, I'm not embellishing this because I couldn't get all the figures, but just a rough figure in my head without really knowing all the figures and being conservative, we've given over $2 million away for missions and others here in our community. We try to help everybody that calls. It's almost impossible. People get mad at us because we can't pay their $2,000 house payment or something. But we try our best to give something when people call. But most importantly, folks, many, 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 many people have found Jesus here over the last 19 years. Some of you are still here and others have moved on for one reason or the other. But here's what I believe. And I believe this is all in my heart that if, if, you, if you and I, if we will go together, if we will go together in love, accepting, appreciating, and affirming others, then our best days will begin today. Our best days. I mean, I'm talking about some good stuff that God has done, but I'm telling you, if we could get this thing together and we could love one another and we could point out what people are doing right and not what they're doing wrong, and if we would continue, if we would continue to, to accept and affirm and appreciate one another, then our best days will begin today. You see, Gay and I believe we could do something that many people have told us cannot be done. But we believe that, that we could reach, in other words, when I say reach, that we could touch the lives of 75,283 people that are unclaimed for Christ living in Spotsylvania County. That we could reach them all. We could touch their lives with the gospel. They may not all come in this building, but we could touch their lives. It starts with Celebrate Virginia. When all those guys come down there to watch country music and girls, listen to that. You know, you have the opportunity to show the love of Christ. And when that drunk guy comes staggering up to you and say, give me a hug, baby. <laughs> Don't hug them. <laughs> <laughs> Don't preach to them. But show them the love of Jesus. We have an opportunity to do something. Out of the blue, they call our church. They wanted us to serve beer. We backed off from that one. <laughs> but they're paying us to come to do that. And they're going to hang our banner on the stage and on the fence. And they're going to put our logo on all the shirts that you wear. And we're going to be there to park cars, to greet people, to take tickets, to guard the house, the people, green room, whatever they call that. And we can show the love of Christ. How many people's lives will we touch with the gospel that day over, those, over that summer? And they're going to pay us. And we're going to use that money to have our fireworks display on Labor Day that we've not been able to do because we haven't been able to afford it. We're going to give the money back to the community because many people call us and say, why don't you have them fireworks anymore? And I'm saying, write us a check. Maybe we'll have fireworks. <laughs> I don't say that, but I want to say that. 
But if we'll join hands, I can tell you, I believe that, that we'll do something greater together. We'll join hands together in love with the help of the Holy Spirit. We'll do something greater than our past for the glory of God. You see, absolutely nothing can stop a church that's filled with love. Nothing. And it won't happen accidentally. It will require an all-out effort by each person who attends Salem Fields Community Church. That means if you're here today and you've decided and you're not going to go somewhere else next week or whatever, but you've decided this is your church, it's going to require that every one of us that says, you know what, I want to be a part of what God is doing, what he's going to continue to do (coughs) at this place, it will require an effort by every one of you. Not just me, not just the greeters, but every one of us accepting affirming and appreciating one another. Everybody needs to contribute to the atmosphere of our church. Love will draw people out from outside the church, inside the church. We believe that God is still waiting for a church that will love people unconditionally. Now I know you say, buddy, I, you know, whatever, but we believe that he will use that kind of church to ignite a genuine movement of God in our region, a genuine movement of God that will reach lost people. I'm talking about people that are lost. I'm talking about people who do not know Jesus. I'm talking about people that have maybe never heard the gospel in their whole life or people who have gotten so turned off by the church that they said, I'll never go to church again. I'm talking about people that have said, that have no idea that the church is a loving place. I'm talking about those people. I'm not talking about churches that swap sheep. I'm talking about people that reach people that otherwise would go to hell if there wasn't a loving, accepting church. Folks, there are people that are going to absolutely go to hell because we have not accepted a loved and appreciated people, no matter how they believe, no matter how they live, but we love them anyway. And we allow the Holy Spirit to work in their lives. I believe that kind of church, the gates of hell shall not prevail. Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. And I believe a church that loves one another genuinely, the gates of hell, the forces of hell, all the forces of hell, cannot stop that church from impacting our world. And we're asking you to pray about that and consider that in your own life, to be a part of what God wants to do through Salem Fields Community Church. Folks, I don't believe we're a church of the past. I believe that Salem Fields Community Church is a church of the future. I believe that with all my heart. I got to believe that. Because that's what God's called me to do with my life, Gay and I. Nothing can stop a loving church. Nothing. I leave you with this from the Word of God. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and His love is made complete in us. What an awesome promise. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for Salem Fields Community Church. I thank you for every person that's listening to this message today, Lord. I pray that the Holy Spirit, God, will just lead us in the days to come. I pray, Lord, that you would show us those areas that we need to improve on. God, in the area of accepting and appreciating and affirming others, Lord. I pray, Lord, that if we've gotten caught up in being critical and criticizing and complaining and nitpicking and finding all the wrong in others, Lord, I pray that God today, your Holy Spirit, would move in our lives. Lord, I confess to you last night, and I confess to you again today, Lord, there have been times in the last while, God, that I have been critical of people that have been critical. And God, that is not right either. So God, help me to love people who don't love me. Lord, help us to be the church, Lord that finds favor from you. That God, that we'd be the kind of church that no matter where a person came from, no matter their lifestyle, no matter what they're struggling with, no matter what they smell like, look like, dress like, 
God, that they would know that Salem Fields is a place that they could be loved. God, we don't want to grow our church so we'd be the largest church in our community. God, we want to grow our church because people are going to hell. Lord, I can't think of a person I want to go to hell. So help me, Lord. Help us. God, give me the passion. Give our church the passion for lost people like never before. We need you, though, Lord. We need your spirit. We need your power. We need your help, Lord, because sometimes people are hard to love. So, God, I pray that you would start a revival of love in this place today. Pray that you would start with Gay and I and even in our own relationship, Lord. That we would be accepting and affirming and appreciating of each other and our family and our children, Lord. I'm so thankful for our family that gives of themselves completely. Thankful for you, Lord. Thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on Calvary's cross so that we could be forgiven. We thank you today, Lord, that the tomb is not empty. And we realize that we have the power to overcome and be victorious in this life, Lord, because the power of Jesus lives in us. We love you today, Lord, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and worship together, and as we worship today, you know, let's just, maybe we can have a little love feast, you know. We used to have those back when I was in church as a young guy. We'd go around and hug people. And we'd ask people that had hurt us to forgive us, you know. And I never will forget we had one of those. The pastor said, go around and love somebody. If you, if, you, uh, if you need to ask them for forgiveness, ask them for forgiveness. This lady came to me and she said, buddy, I just want you to forgive me because I've hated you for years. <laughs> I said, praise the Lord, I'm so encouraged <laughs> that you feel better now. I feel horrible. Uh, but anyway, that's not what I want you to do. I just want you to love one another. Let's just love one another. Spend some time loving on one another. If you are a new Christian and would like to know what to do next or where to go from here, you will want to get a free Next Step packet that contains reading materials and useful resources that will point you in the right direction. For more information, please contact Salem Fields Community Church at 540-786-6212 or visit our website at salemfields.com, or email us at podcast at salemfields.com.